great. Our text is John chapter 2, verses 23 through 25 will be our text. Now, I won't be getting to there right away, but that is serving as the text for this sermon this morning. But uh, we will get there. So that's why I'm asking you to turn there first, and we'll be uh, getting there in, in time here. Uh, I titled this sermon, uh, Do You Think or Do You Know? Now, someone has already turned in, in anticipation of this sermon, uh, something they wanted me to read. Okay. Teacher, Johnny, do you know who discovered America? Johnny. Well, who do you think discovered America? Teacher. Johnny, I don't think... I know. Johnny says, well, I don't think I know either. Okay. So, um, neither one knew. Okay. Well, of course, the teacher would just be playing with them on something like that. But, you know, that's a question, though, that comes up from time to time. Uh, do you think you're, do you know? I, the old story is, uh, I don't think I know. Well, I don't think you know either. You know, and, and those have gone back and forth over the years. Uh, uh, we, we've heard the statement about uh, things like that. The story's told of a little boy in school. Man, that little boy was a terror. Now, this is not an OCA story. It did not happen in OCA. Okay. But uh, uh, Little boy's just been a terror most of that day, and finally the teacher just about had it, takes him by the shoulders and shakes him and says, I think the devil's got a hold of you. Scared to death, he looked at her and said, yes, ma'am, I believe she does too. <laughs> it went downhill after that. But uh, sometimes when uh, we're talking about, do you know if you died today that heaven would be your home? If so, why? And so I'd ask, can you give a Bible reason for that? Well, let's have a word of prayer and then we'll get into the message for today. Father, a lot of people claim to be Christians, a lot of people claim to be religious, whatever that means. And a lot of people claim different things of why they know that they have eternal life. But you are actually the one that tells us how to have it, and you are the only way. So, Lord, I pray that this will be clear in the minds of those that are here, as well as those that may be listening in today. Lord, I just pray that you'd make this message clear for each and every ear and heart and mind. And, Lord, people that know for sure they're saved, maybe there's something here that they can use to help others in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Well, some people, if you start talking to them about things like this, about do you know if you die today that heaven's your home, uh, they, they have different ideas about it. Uh, could they really give a Bible reason? Uh, some are just, you know, kind of like that little boy just saying, well, if you don't know, I don't know. Just uh, really, they, they, they have no reason to stand on, the, in other words, just to Believe what someone said to them. And so they act on it like that, just kind of 
like little boy said, I, when she says, I believe the devil has, well, she's a teacher. She ought to know. So, yeah, yeah, she is. Yeah, okay, I believe he is. she does too. Well, that's the way that a lot of times people are about salvation. This is what I've been told. This is what I think. Often they say things that are given out of thoughts, but they are mainly the thoughts of man, and they've heard some of those thoughts uh, before in other places. Often there's, it's a positive thinking type of a way or a philosophy of some kind in which they want to say, well, this is what I think, this is what I believe. But uh, it was born in the mind of man, not in the mind of God. It's only in this Bible, our King James Bible, the Word of God, that we know the mind of God. For every word that's in that book is breathed out by the Holy Spirit to those who wrote it. And those that wrote those words down had a, a very specific qualification. They had to be holy men of old that God could trust to write down every word exactly as He gave it. And in turn, over the centuries and eternity, God would preserve that word for forever as His word settled in heaven. Various things are said about why people think they know they're going to heaven. One is, well, I'm doing the best I can. You know, I give to charity and some really needy causes, and, and I really help out in, in some of those charitable things. I, I'm right there. I, I'm at the food line. I'm, I'm, I'm dishing out food, and I, I help in this place, or I help in that place. Some say, well, I was baptized. This happened. But the question is, do you really know? Is it what you think, or is it what you actually know? Now, as the pastors, a lot of times you're at a, not a lot of times, but quite a few times in ministry I've been, it's not a daily thing, but I've been at the bedside of someone passing away. I've seen those that had peace, and I've seen those that don't have peace. There is a difference. There is a difference. And so, I'll, people say, well, I believe that God will weigh my good against my bad, and I'll be all right. But they don't really know if they're truly saved. Whatever you're basing your belief that you're going to heaven if it's true, according to God, if it's true, it's absolute, it's right, then you'll have no trouble finding it in the Word of God. It is there. For that's the only way that we know whether a person can be saved or not saved. The very Spirit of God who breathed out these scriptures to John in our text also breathed out the words to the same John near the end of the Bible 
in the book called 1 John. We often refer to it as the epistle of 1 John. And it's found there in verse, uh, chapter 5, verses 12 and 13. And, and so we read there, and listen as I read. So let us see. Well, let's see what the Creator says about it before I really get into that. Uh, th there's much that He has to say, but it's in First John chapter 5, verse 12 and 13. If you want to read it along with me or listen to it as I read it, it's right there. But what I want to say is this is what God says. So, so again, I'm, I'm kind of going around here to get your mind in this idea of thinking. How could I tell somebody I know I'm saved? How can I tell somebody that if I were to die today, I know beyond any shadow of the doubt I would go to heaven? Sometimes you might ask a person, if you were to die today, is heaven your home? And you might get this answer, can anybody really know that? So, asking yourself, the question you must ask yourself is, is this what I believe? Am I basing everything on what God says or what I think should be God's terms for salvation? What am I basing this on? Okay, now 1 John chapter 5, verse 12. He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Who is the Son of God? Jesus Christ. Now, this is a pretty clear statement. He that hath the Son, that is Jesus Christ, hath life. You don't have him? You don't have life. Then verse 13, the next verse, he says, These things have I written unto you, that believe on the name of the Son of God. Now, when he says believe, it's the idea of fully trusting. When he says name, he's talking about the very person of Jesus Christ, who he is, God. Come in the flesh. And so, when you look at this, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that ye have eternal life and that ye might believe on the name of the Son of God. Now, you don't have to be some kind of a nuclear scientist to realize that this is saying you can know. He says it plainly. You can know. There's no uh, defenses put in there. There's nothing in there that says, well, you can know, but there's, there's no buts in there. There's no disclaimers he's put, putting there. You can know. You can know if you're going to heaven or if you're going to hell. Now, the question is, though, that you've got to ask yourself is, do I know why I'm going to heaven or to hell? Do I know 
Why? If I say I'm saved, I'm saved. God says I can know. So how can I know? You see, the devil wants to deceive you and try to make you think these other things. Just for an example, I mentioned some of the things, doing the best I can. I, I give, I, oh, I give money to charity, I give to the church, or I got baptized, and uh, way am I good? Those, those are things the devil tries to deceive people with. That's the philosophy of the world. So first, in our text, now going back there to the Gospel of John. I told you I was going to get there, and I am, okay? In, in John chapter 2, the Gospel of John, chapter 2, verses 23 through 25. Because we're going to see what man thinks might be one thing, but what Jesus Christ, God's Son, knows is the important thing. Believing. Believing is faith. Now, we can say, I believe something. But really, it's saying like, well, I agree with them. I, I agree with them about that. Yeah, I'll agree with them. may not go along with it, but I agree with them. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see this. Uh, that something is true. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, yeah, I can go along with them on that. Okay, so... Basically, it's not the belief that's here in the Bible that you're looking at right now. It's just saying, I'm agreeing that that's what it says. But you see, when you're believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, it is a commitment. For an example, let me give you an example from the Bible of, a of someone truly believing and not saved. It's in James 2, verse 19. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. The devils aren't saved. They won't be saved. They fell. They once walked in God's heaven. They rebelled. They saw that God is real. They had light. They had knowledge. They had complete understanding. But they followed Satan, believing that they could overcome, and they could not. The devils believe and tremble. That's why when Jesus was casting out the demons of the man of uh, uh, Gennesaret, when he was getting ready to cast those demons out, uh, the man of Gandarine, should I say, he, he was saying, what is your name to, to this man? And the demons speak out through his voice, Legion, for we are many. But they asked, please, there's a herd of swine over there. Cast us into that herd of swine. Now, now those devils know that God so loved the world that he sent his son. Those devils know that man is made in God's image. Those devils know how, how important and how special man is to God. That's why they want to indwell men. But swine? 
Oh, that is so low for them. Indwell swine? But they ask, let us go inside that herd of swine and don't send us there before the time. Because hell's prepared for the devil and his angels. It'll be far worse for them there. Hell's prepared to torment the devil and his angels, not men. Men go there because they reject Christ. But hell was not prepared originally for men. It was for the devil and his angels. And God pro provided a way for men to be saved so they don't have to go there. So one must first, if you're going to go to heaven and have eternal life, they must commit to Jesus Christ as the only way of salvation. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes unto the Father but by me. Listen to this example from the Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6 through 8. Verse 6 says, Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, and I say, willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. That is faith. When Pliny, an old church father, back in the first century after Christ's crucifixion, was brought to the fire and told when they tied him there, renounce Christ, renounce this, we'll spare your life. To which he answered, 80 and six years I've served him and he's been faithful all the way. Why would he, why would he now deny him? And why? Because absence from the body is to be present from the Lord. You see, your real person is inside you. It's not this body. It's in you. Your spirit, your very being. When you die, this spirit is leaving this body, and it's either going to go to heaven or it's going to go to hell. The real person is going to be in one of two places. Now, I read verse uh, 23 here of John chapter 2. Now, when he, that is when Jesus, was in Jerusalem at the Passover on the feast day, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. Now, he had already done some miracles. The first miracle he did in Cain of Galilee was there at the marriage when he turned the water into wine. And by the way, let me just say this right now. That comes out to about 120 gallons. God did not make 120 gallons of alcoholic wine. Now, there's 
two ways to interpret that Greek word. We won't go into a Greek interpretation this morning, okay? But there's a couple of ways that you look at it, and context determines. And if you know the Bible, then you know by context, Jesus Christ doesn't try to get people drunk, okay? And only uh, utter ignorance and stupidity would try to say something differently. No, that was grape juice. That was grape juice. Go back in the 15 and 1600s and read other English writings where they may have squeezed the juice out of grape. Did they call it grape juice or did they call it wine? Called it grape juice. No, they called it wine. But it was grape juice. It's only until it went through a process that they turned it into wine. But, Many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. They were looking for a king. They wanted somebody to be their king now. They wanted out from under Roman rule. They were looking for a king. And so verse 24 says this, after it says, Many believed on his name. Now, don't miss this. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them. For he knew all men. Wait a minute. They believed on Jesus Christ? That's the Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved? They believed. But what is it they believed? They were looking for somebody that's going to replace Rome. But they weren't looking for a savior of their soul. They weren't looking for someone to take their sin from them, to cleanse them. They weren't looking for that. They didn't want that. They wanted Roman rule taken from him. Remember back again in James 2:19, the devils believe and tremble. Satan and all his angels that fell with him are dreading that place called hell. Matthew 25, 41, it lets us know, there as I told you earlier, there's prepared for the devil and his angels. But Matthew 25, he's talking to people that are at judgment now, at the judgment of nations. And he's saying, to those that are there on the left hand, depart from ye, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. By the way, it was prepared to be so terrible that it would actually torment devils, Satan himself. Man has tried to, tried to draw up a picture of the devil with a pitchfork and tormenting people that die. Oh no, hell is so terrible it torments them. He said, then who's tormenting? Well, if you look at Revelation chapter 14, you'll find out that Lord Jesus, the Lamb, and His angels is pouring out the torments of hell, which are forever and forever and forever and forever. 
angels are there for all eternity. They can't be saved. And my friend, if you die without Jesus Christ, the moment you die, you cannot be saved either. Look, when Jesus died on the cross for us, he died for every sin we ever have or ever will commit. As a matter of fact, as 1 John 2 and verse 2 says, not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. He's the propitiation, the entire payment. You can't pay for your sin. Now let's say that you died. Your spirit goes down to hell. And then, okay, I'm here, it's forever, so I'm going to let my spirit, everything about life just finally cease to exist. And I'll no longer be, have life. In other words, I won't have a spirit anymore. It'll cease. I'll never do this anymore. I'll never think that anymore. I'll never have this or that. Can't happen. You see, you cannot pay your penalty. If you were able to make your spirit, soul, everything just completely be destroyed and never exist, you might say you would have paid your penalty for sin. You can't do that. Only Jesus has the keys of hell and of death. He's the only way of salvation. You can't pay for your sin. That is a place of torment forever and ever. Now back in verse 25 here of, of John chapter 22, he says, And need not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. Now look, you can fool me about a lot of things. You can make me think that you're one of the most righteous people in this whole world. Oh, you Fool me about what a great Christian you are. But you don't fool Christ. And you don't fool God about your salvation. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, which the glory of God is Jesus Christ. And do you see it? So often we compare ourselves, Hey, if that person's saved, I'm saved. You say that person there's saved, then I'm saved. Well, look, God doesn't compare you to that person. The only comparison you get to is Jesus Christ. That's the measure. We all sin comes short of the glory of God. In Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, final, complete separation from God forever in the lake of fire. They believe Jesus Christ. It says they believed there in John chapter 2. But, they weren't turning to him in repentance and faith, knowing they're sinners and wanting him to take their sin away, and they want to be committed to him. How often do we see Israel judged throughout the Old Testament, and they repent, and the people are so relieved, but after a while they start turning back to their sins. You see, they weren't repenting of their sin, but they were repenting of deeds until they were free of the enemy. Look, as a believer, Jesus Christ 
was the payment. He died for you. He died for me. But he died for all. As a believer, I have a responsibility to tell the lost world about that. Here are people that committed them. They said, I believe in the name of Jesus. But they were looking for an emperor. Not a Lord of their life. Not a Savior. Not one who would cleanse them their sin. They didn't want their sin cleansed. Let me give you one more passage here before we close out. Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Now remember, in first, in, in, back there in John chapter 2, verses 23 through 25, they had believed in him. But he didn't commit himself to them because their heart wasn't repentant. He knows your heart. See, you can walk forward in this church this morning and receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. But if you're saying, okay, I'm going to come and just, boy, I'm going to say these words that says that uh, Jesus come and save me and I'll be all right, then I can go live like I want to. You've not committed to Christ. You're not looking to repent. You're not giving Him your heart and life. You're just looking for some kind of an insurance policy, not to have to go to hell, but without Repentance and faith that changes your life without a commitment. Yeah, John 2, they didn't, he didn't commit himself to them. Just walking forward without being willing to give your heart and life to him is not going to save you, my friend. He says in 2 Peter 3, 9, that thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord, Excuse me, that's Romans chapter 10. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse uh, 9 says that, uh, that many, okay, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now I'm getting lost in my place now in my thoughts. But uh, 2 Peter 3, 9, that he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Okay, that's 2 Peter 3, 9. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now, you say, why did you say not willing, not willing, not willing? Because that's what the Bible says. Now, what do you say up here in Matthew? The will of God. What is the will of God? Repent and believe the gospel. That is the will of God. That's His way. It's a choice with a commitment. Just like marriage, it's a choice. With a commitment. Now, some of you young men, some of you young ladies dated that guy, dated that girl. Yeah, you like that. Hey, would you like to go out with her? Yeah, boy, she's pretty. I'd like to go out with her. Okay, we're going to marry you this afternoon. Ah, uh, wait a minute. I'm going to marry you to him. Wait a minute. How much money does he have? Uh, okay. Now, what I'm saying is, yeah, be willing to go out with them, but hey, not a commitment. See, you're coming to Jesus Christ. He says in verse 22, many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, 
Have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works. Now, you realize that Jesus does not deny one thing that they just said. And when you think about it, many wonderful works. Cast out devils in the name of Jesus. Prophesied, that is, they preached in his name. And so, when you see something like that, Jesus doesn't deny they did that. But you see, here's the problem. They weren't really saved. You see, in Acts chapter 30, excuse me, 17 verse 30, he says that he command, God commands all men everywhere to repent because it's appointed a day in which he'll judge the world. Luke chapter 13 verse 3 and verse 5, he says the exact same words. Repent ye therefore. He tells them to repent. 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 Verse 23 of Matthew 7, And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Now think of this. He didn't say, I used to know you. But boy, you got off the beaten path there. I just had to get rid of you. No. You can know that you have eternal life. Well, how can you know that? Do it God's way. That's how you know. He says, again, going back to Romans, for all have sinned come short of the glory of God. By admitting, well, yeah, I agree with that. What you may not be agreeing is, is that my sin means I deserve to go to hell and burn forever and ever and ever, be tormented day and night, never cease to exist, and never have any hope of coming out of that. Well, my sin doesn't deserve that. Then you have no idea what sin is in the sight of an all-holy God. And he's the creator. He's the creator. Oh. Yes, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For the wages of sin. Uh, he didn't say, for the wages of big sin, murder, alcohol, drunkenness, drugs, mass murderers, child molesters. No. Just said for the wages of sin. All those things are sin. But for the wages of sin, and we've all sinned. For the wages of sin is death, final complete separation from God forever in the lake of fire. But the gift, it's not earned. You're doing the best you can, you're trying to earn it. But the gift of God, you see what we just read in Matthew 7? Lord, Lord, have we not this? Have we not that? Do this? He said all those things. We've done all these works. It's a gift. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. It's a gift. So it's in Romans 10, 10. Well, let me go to 10, 9 first. That thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. Lord speaks of his deity. Jesus speaks of his humanity. He was God's son. 
become in flesh, God in the flesh. The Lord Jesus, his deity, his humanity together to pay the penalty for our sins. And believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart, verse 10 says, man believeth unto righteousness. Not your righteousness. Not that you believe so hard now that you're righteous because I believed so hard. No. You believe not in the righteousness of Christ to make you accepted into heaven. You're receiving him so that when you appear at the throne of God, you're appearing with Jesus Christ as his child. For as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. By the way, don't keep sons, just that men, it's men and women. But what I'm saying is, is this. Thou shalt confess thy mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness. With the mouth confession is made to salvation. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, friend, you can be saved today. But I want to ask you a question. Is your salvation based on, you said the right words. Oh, I got baptized. I taught a Sunday school class. I drove a bus route. Oh, I, I gave to a needy cause. I gave to missions. No, I'm asking, did you give your heart and life to Jesus Christ? Believing that he died for you and rose from the dead. See, when you get married, you're giving yourselves one to another. When you come to Jesus Christ, it's like marriage. You're giving yourself to him. But realize, he's the head of that marriage. God's will and God's way. So I'm asking you, do you know if you died today that heaven's your home? I'm not asking you think you'd go to heaven. Do you know? Did you follow, as he said there, believing that he died for you? Believing that your sin, that you deserve to go to hell, and believing that he rose up victorious over hell and the grave, believing he did that for you, you called upon him to receive him into your heart and life as your Lord and Savior. That doesn't mean you're perfect. My goodness, we're not going to get rid of this old sin nature until we get to heaven. It's staying there with us. But we've got the Spirit of God with us if you're saved to help you have victory. But oh, my friend, are you saved? Do you know if you died today that heaven's your home? If not, try to lay it out here for you today. Now's your chance to be unashamed of Jesus and come and just say, yes, I'm a sinner that needs to be saved. And I want to give him my heart and life. I want him to cleanse me by his blood of my sin and give me everlasting life. Oh, if that's your desire, I hope that you'll come. Let's bow our heads.